Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the latest episode of Transplaining, the podcast in which I, Jordan Gray, attempt uh, to explain one big and one small question from a celebrity guest. We've got an extra special scoop of stardust today. Joining us in, uh, well, not in the studio, but via a rectangle from the other side of the world is Jamila Jamil, actress, presenter, activist, amazing, like She-Hulk's nemesis, Titania, joining us from Los Angeles in the studio. But as always, I'm joined by a very, very special guest. This one I've been looking forward to, especially joining me in the Transplaining studio today, Emmanuel Sonobi, you're here. How you doing? I'm fine. I've just got ridiculously excited because when we were sorting this out and you were saying Jamil, I thought you were saying Jamelia wrong. I thought the singer Jamelia was going to be here. Right, which, is, that, which would be great. That'd be... It would be wonderful, yeah. but now you've just... I've literally just finished <laughs> watching... The Good Place. Amazing. And yeah. I'm about to lose my mind. I'm about to start fanboy. I'm trying to hold it together right now. That's but... adorable. You find <gasps> out in real time that we're talking to Jamila Jamil. Yes. That's great. Right. You're a fan of the Marvel franchise sort of as well? Oh, yeah. Great. That's nice. I think she's sort of like a real life superhero. That's what I'm going to say to her as well. Yeah. <laughs> You're so sweet. You tensed up. And when you tense up, you really see it because you've got sort of muscles in places. No one else has got muscles. Uh, Emmanuel Sonobi, we met this year at the Edinburgh Fringe, and you were really nice to me. You're nice to everyone, really, because you're a nice person. But we had a good time. We had, we had we had a good time. We had instant banter, which you don't get with a lot of people. No, it's nice. I think you probably get it with more people than I do. I, do I you don't know see what? It I, I I don't actually because it's really weird. You think something so creative as what we do, yeah, it's still really hard to be your authentic self because you think how many green rooms have you been in where you think I'm not going to say too much because acts talk and you'll say something that will get spread to someone else and then all of a sudden it's whispers again right i was talking to a mutual friend of ours can't remember their name that's how good of a friend they are (laughs) you you called me once like you're right comedians don't speak to each other unless it's for the purpose of business or like will you come on my podcast yeah you called me once to tell me that you were making a bacon sandwich (laughs) <laughs> so all you called me to it was a wonderful conversation I don't think I've ever had a call like that from anyone other than like my mum or my dad and it had been I've made you a bacon sandwich come downstairs and eat this bacon sandwich yeah. you just called me I was like okay that's nice like how's it going and you're like ah oh, bread bacon like, <laughs> you're really excited by this prospect it was a really nice sandwich I do like I do like a bacon sandwich if someone's there in your, in your mind call them contact them whatever because everyone's busy yeah we've been back from the fringe for like maybe a week or so, yeah, something like that. And you popped up on my timeline. I thought, I haven't spoken to her in a week. After seeing each other all the time. Yeah, and I was as like, you say, wonder what does that do? It's very funny. We've got this banter. That's That was going to be my point. We've got this instant banter and we can go to some very dark and silly places with yeah. each other. Yeah. Don't embarrass me in front of Jamila <laughs> Jamil by saying something mad like <laughs> I'm a massive racist or something. I mean, one black joke doesn't make you a racist. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, the third one did, but the what the this first. This is what I mean. We know that this is all fun and games. As soon as she comes on, don't be saying some mad stuff. Say what you like. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to hold you back. You're a fantastic. You're a craftsman. See, see, this is what I have to remember. Like when we're, when we're out. Yeah. So do you remember when we were at the fringe and there was I what was the name of that act? And she did her set. Yuriko Katani. Yes. Yes. Amazing that comedian. Was, that was awkward. It was so. Sweet. And it was it was like the first time the first time that I'd met her. Yeah. And I think that might be was that the first time we saw each other at the fringe. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the first time we've probably seen each other. And I saw you say to Eureka Katani, <laughs> oh my God, are you still here? Yeah. And I, I hope you're not here when I get back, is what you said to I, her. It was, as you just said that nicely, because if you remember, I was like, don't be here when I get back. Yeah. And it was all ah ha 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 laughing. And then I came back and she'd gone, and I was like, I'm mortified. It but, was so adorable. Like, because. She's a good, she's a good sport. Yeah, but you're, you've got a commanding voice, so I think most of the things I, you say. I think she did it to make me feel bad, right? And it worked. She's come from underneath. Yeah, yeah. you've you've sla- you've put the gauntlet down, and yeah. she's taken it and run with took it. Took up and let's, slapped me in the face with it. Let's talk a little bit about you and your comedy because that's important. We, I didn't even mention it's sort of implied we met the fringe, and therefore you are a comedian. Yeah. You're an award nominated comedian, certainly award winning. And many y- you as well. Done. We're doing all right. <laughs> doing all right. Are you Live at the Apollo, I was, you? I was. I don't really like to go on about. It. I was no. at Live at Apollo. I was on there. I was on. That was a pretty big deal. I was on um, closing the episode, season sixteen, episode one. Um, you can follow it on BBC iPlayer. I don't really go on about it no. too much. Or get yeah, to the I conversation was, that yeah. you would say that. Only when it's only when it falls into a conversation naturally. Yeah. Well, I bring up that I was on Live at the Apollo, season sixteen, episode one. Um, and into camera two, <laughs> and into camera three, and you nominated for best newcomer at this year's Edinburgh Fringe. Yes. You've come out of not obscurity. Is that thing of like everything seems like an overnight success? You as a bouncer for a long time, yeah, which you feel like something you're quite suited to that you enjoyed. Suited to physically, right? The thing is, I didn't realise until it was told to me that it wasn't the norm from a bouncer because your club isn't always busy. So right. there was a few nights when I was stood outside the club reading my Twilight books. Nice. It's only because I'd watched the first one and then seen the second one and got really impatient. Right. So I was like, I'm going to read the book. But I'm now sort of outside my nightclub. People are trying to queue up. I'm there. <laughs> Bingo race. Trying to find my bookmark. I love it. So, a Twilight bookmark. Yeah. The fact you own a Twilight bookmark. The fact you own a Twilight book is adorable. Uh, not a Twilight book. The entire series. Yeah. I have some opinions. Like, I shouldn't be this emotionally invested in the series, but I am. Vampires shouldn't sparkle. For me, that's a deal breaker. What do you, what's your take on that? Why um, is he so sparkly? Is that even in the book? Does, are they shimmering? They, 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 they talk about that in the book. Right. And Does it make you happy? So I like that they took it a different way. That It was like, right, we're going to move away from the, <laughs> the norm of make-believe. Yeah. That's why they don't go in the sun, because they start spark. To be honest, if I was a vampire that sparkled, I would spend my entire day yep. in the sun yep, showing yep, people yep. my gorgeous complexion. <laughs> that would 100% happen. You're a proud man, yeah. but you've got a lot to be proud of. That's the thing. Yeah. You're sort of a sparkly vampire. I'm a sparkly vampire. I'm vampire. always showing that. You're a not- <laughs> I don't know if this is the right expression. You are a notoriously heterosexual man. <laughs> you're, you're incredibly proud of your, sex- your heterosexuality. So hetero. Um, we have a little running joke. Again, don't do this in front of Jamila Jamil. Don't just say... We have a little thing, me and Emmanuel, where anything he does that's remotely heterosexual, <laughs> we, we'll make sure we point out yeah, to each man. other. Yeah. Hetero. Yeah. Cup of tea, no milk, hetero. <laughs> right. Had a bacon sandwich, hetero. It's mostly food related, yeah, if anything. Actually, now that I've thought about it, because it was a nectar gin and tonic. Yep, hetero. When we're around other people that don't know what we're doing, yeah. just to see their reaction 
is hilarious. Yeah, it's great. It's great because I know we've got an out. Yeah. But when Jamila's looking at both of our faces off this camera here, listeners, we've got loads of cameras on us right now. You'll see some of it because some of it's going to be videoed. We're being videoed. Yeah. Like when she's looking at us, she's got to figure out in real time what the F is going on. Yeah. Let's banter with her as much as we like. But again, don't drop me in it because like you're both you're both like this. Don't, don't drop me in it as well. Like <laughs> what even... can I do? Oh, Manuel's been I talking about do, Twilight. I can't no. I, I can't do that joke with anyone else. Like just sat in there going hetero, hetero, you get idiot. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe she'll get on board. What I'm saying is, you're both specimens. You're beautiful people, and I'm like a little rumple stilt skin in the corner. Don't gang up on me and be beautiful, amazing people. And leave oh, I was, me. I was gonna say, very much so are you. And I, I, I do, I know what you mean about it because the more that I, I, I read about, it, I was like, I really do like that. So because it was only recently I read the thing about she, she was like, don't Photoshop me. Years ago, I did one of many jobs was photography. So I, I was a studio photographer. Nice. Fell into it. Proper hetero, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ah, click, yeah. click. <laughs> oh, sound of a gun, hetero. So... <laughs> sound of a gun. What? <laughs> Call of Duty, play it all the time. Then it's skinned, have a burger. And um, right, go on. doing the pictures in the studio, yeah. which took me an hour, but then you do the eight hours of editing. And by the time you're done, you're like, that's not who I took a picture of. Right. But then you're no, sending no. it to these people. That's what they're putting out. And then they come up and you go, that's not what you look like. Yeah. And I, I really like the fact that, that she's very much be happy with yourself. Yeah. I love to see that because I think that's really important. That's so nice that you would say that, man. Like she's because she's just moved into the Marvel realm and she's become a there she is. Look right there on our screen right now. I know you're so excited. I don't know if she can hear us talking about her right now. It's quite exciting if she I can. I sit like this. Yeah, she's moved into the realm of superheroes, but as far as I'm concerned, has been a superhuman person yeah. for quite some time. Uh, so I'd like to sort of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Now that we've both agreed that we're like massive fans, yeah. we're going to be cool. We're not we're going to embarrass like, each other. Jamil who, whatever, is it? I love you so much. Exactly. Let's not embarrass each other in front. Of yeah. her. Let's be nice and respectful to each other yeah. while engaging in some fun banter from across the pond. That yeah. sounds like fun, just, doesn't just it? Just none of your black jokes, mate. Joining us now on the Transplaining podcast, Jamila Jamil, thank you so much. Are you all right? I am all right. How are you? Fine. Thanks. Thanks for asking. You're across the pond there in the old Los Angeles. I am. I am. I'm right deep in the arse, uh, having a lovely time. It's first thing in the morning for me. Last thing at night for us, and it's unusual for us. We're sitting here at night time, and it's exciting. We normally do this in the morning. We're both very excited that you're joining us on here. You're having a good time in life. You seem to be having a really nice time on the old She-Hulk. You're learning new <laughs> things. You're enjoying yourself. Yeah, I'm having a lovely time. I've like I have I've absolutely zero complaints. I live with all my flatmates. I've known them since I was 19. I live with my boyfriend. I've got two great dogs. Uh, I've no no yeah no uh, whinging from me. What I'd like to do at this juncture is to introduce you. He's sitting there all starry-eyed, bless him, is my, my esteemed colleague, Emmanuel Sanubi. We're both comedians. We met at the Fringe this year, and he'd like to say hello, as is the point of this podcast. So, say a nice thing. Hello, babe. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. <laughs> bless him. He's got the sweetest face. <laughs> Doesn't he just? He's got the sweetest everything, Jamila. Jamila, the purpose of this uh, podcast is that what we do is we ask a, a lovely guest to give us one very big and one very small question, and we shall attempt to explain that for you. You look surprised by the prospect. That's fine, because we can do this in real time. Yes, I, <laughs> I was asked this a month ago, and I had a question, and it's completely gone from my head. 
holy fucking shit balls. Let's just uh, let's see what I can come up with on the spot. Well, what's troubling you at the moment? What would you like solving about the world? And we'll solve it. Oh, God, a big thing or a small thing? Uh, any size you like. This is your show. I'm going to change the name of it <laughs> to Jamila Splaining. You say whatever you like. Not to be a size queen, but how could we get... This is a big question. Okay, it's a great. serious question. Is that a serious question all right? A serious question is yeah. great, yes. All right. How could we get the left, the sort of liberal space, to chill the fuck out and become slightly calmer in their approach to bringing other people on side? Because I feel as though we seek traitors and not converts, and it's backfiring massively. And it's not to blame us for anything other than the fact that I feel like we attack each other more than we attack the people actually oppressing us. And it stresses me the fuck out. That is a big question. That's fantastic. It couldn't be better. It was worded so ineloquently. I'm sorry, but it is uh, early in the morning. But in a way that that makes sense, because I I completely get what you're asking. This is how I equate to it. So I, I grew up in a church environment. It was an evangelical free church. I never knew what that meant, by the way. That's just what it had written on there. And the more questions I started asking, the less that started to get answered. And I started to think about it where I thought there are so many different types of Christianity. So all of you are praising the same deity, but you're all saying you're all doing it wrong. Right, sure. And that never made any sense to me. And it's, it's the same thing. You've got different people that seem to be arguing the same point, but they're getting annoyed at other people that are arguing it in a slightly different way. So unless you agree with me 100%, you're wrong. The way that I say to do it is come and stand in the middle and actually have a conversation because what I always see is people don't, they don't talk like this anymore. It's not okay to disagree with people anymore. You can't, and that's the thing, I've got friends of mine where we'll talk and we'll disagree and then we'll finish and then we'll finish our drinks and see you later on. But you're still friends. You can, it's okay to disagree and that's normally when you learn stuff as well but no one seems to be open to learning they've got their channel and their lane and that's it and i think if you sit inside that and don't try and change then you're doomed to failure really i don't think i could improve on that as a transplanation for you jamila that sounded pretty good a hundred percent wasn't that nice perhaps we've gotten so good at arguing on the left that when there's no room to argue we just want to do it a bit yeah. more because we've gotten so good so, at it i'm gonna argue with the nearest thing to me it happens to be my mate who's also here on the left so th- this is the thing so i i um again one of the many jobs i, I did don't was... agree with you <laughs> you're saying something different to me yeah i grew up doing sales and you can't sell something to someone by shouting at them and again when i when i was a kid where i grew up in north london wasn't very mixed at all and there were all these stereotypes about black people black guys that people would throw out. Like one of the earliest memories I've got is someone saying to me, do you know what? I don't normally like black guys, but you're right. And I was like, that's not the compliment you think it is, is it, mate? But when when I think about it, if someone says to me, all black guys are angry, and I go, no, I'm fucking not. <laughs> We're both right from our perspective. You know sure. what I mean? So yeah, the yeah. way that I've always done it is no, no one's listening, so I'm going to be the best example as I can be. And that interaction with someone will hopefully make them change and realise that they can do something a little bit differently. So again, an elegant way of putting it. Jamila, how has been your experience? Well, that's not a sentence at all. Uh, (laughs) Jumping the pond, what is your experience over there compared to what you remember from here? Given, of course, that you've had a, a wonderfully monumental rise breaking in with the old good place and that, your life has changed a lot since you've been there. 
But how does that divide feel transatlantically? It's a mixed bag, right? Because I really miss uh, English people. I've moved a lot of my mates over here and helped them get visas and moved them into my house and what is feeling like it's growing from a commune slowly into a cult. <laughs> and uh, I've got the long hair, so obviously I'm the leader. Um, but I, uh, I miss the English way. I miss the English sense of humour. I miss English work because I think we are inherently funnier. But I do love the attitude. Obviously, I love the weather and the food and everything. Um, but the attitude here is something that I think makes more sense to me. I've never been good at anything arbitrary and prescribed. I've always like, felt a rebellion against it, not just for the sake of rebellion, but because if something just doesn't instinctively make sense to the, the human way, then I'm, I'm not interested. And so people here are much more kind of open and they're much more I don't know, ambitious or they're, they're hopeful, openly hopeful, and they don't make each other feel like shit for being hopeful or being ambitious or for wanting good things in your life or wanting happiness for having therapy. And that was one thing about England that, that really, it felt very prescribed, very arbitrary, this kind of, this need to uh, hide. Because it's not like we don't have ambitions. It's not like we don't have dreams. It's not like we don't want to be happy, but we have to hide it. It comes out even in like the smallest ways of like, if you compliment an English woman's dress, she'll immediately tell you, oh, this is just like 5p from Primark. Oh, yes. And I found it yes. in a bin and yes. it was covered in sick and cum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she has to make it as like, she has to like destroy the dress for you. I can't believe she found uh, it in my bin. If you compliment it. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that didn't... Um, resonate with me I just want to be free to feel however I want to feel and I don't feel like that's allowed within the kind of institution of Britishness that's such a lovely way of saying it you looking at the outside in on, on you and, and your wonderful activism in your career there's you've always had an innate sense of justice and sort of a would it be fair to say like a sort of a, a, a righteous fury like you that you direct incredibly well at things you just seem to like know what's wrong and direct all your energy towards it it's very super heroic is what it is, really. Uh, I don't know. And I think if we're being honest, I don't always get it right. Uh, and I'm, I'm not expert at directing that righteous fury. But I don't know if it's as much righteous fury as I hate things that are impractical. I hate things that don't make sense. And nothing makes less sense to me than injustice and inequality. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like The rules that are prescribed as to why we treat other people as lesser human beings than others they don't check out to me. It's not fair. And so I think I have a gripe with anything that doesn't make sense. I look at all of it as a kind of puzzle. And I think that's why sometimes I go in with my head and not enough of my heart. And that's when I make insensitive mistakes and I have accidents because I am so fixated on the issue that I just go straight to the core of it. And then I, you know, I clusterfuck it sometimes. Sometimes I get it really right, but sometimes I, you know, word salad my way to hell on Twitter as I try to explain myself, and that's never going to go well in 280 characters. Well, I think that's perhaps your British self-effacingness coming out, because I went down a little Jamila hole on the way here, as you, you know, it was a good idea to do. You, you're incredibly cool under pressure. I watched your hard talk interview. Oh, my God, that was so fucking stressful. I had no idea what that show was when I went on, and she was so nice to me, and then the camera came on, and like her smile dropped. It was pretty reptilian. it was reptilian. Like 30 minutes of attack. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> And you were incredible. So that's very sweet and gracious of you that you would point out your own, you know, misdemeanors. I've not spotted one from you from that, quite some time. So that's really important because that's something a lot of people don't do. Yeah, it's authentic. You authentically go after what you think is right. An innate sense of justice that puts you squarely in the Marvel universe. I think it's great. Well, thanks. But I do think there is like a, 
I think there's a purpose for that, right? I think there's a place for people who are occasionally twats who come back from that rising like a phoenix, who come back from it, they learn, they get better, they do better, they grow in front of the public. I think it's very dangerous to have people who look perfect or who behave perfectly, especially women, especially brown women, uh, especially minorities. I feel like we need to see an example of change. We can't just see people who are already like, this is, here's one I made earlier. It's a bit like maths. Yeah. You know, at school, you would, if you just answered the problem without um, showing your workings out, you only got half the mark. Yeah. And for me, I feel like that when it comes to being a, not a role model, but someone in the public eye. It's like, people need to watch people fuck up. So I'm here for fuck up representation. <laughs> like, so all the fuck ups can look to me as an example that, well, if she can change and she went, left school at 16 and she was unbelievably mentally ill most of her life. So she's late on learning about a lot of subjects because she was mad then I can change like I'm a hopeful person I think when we're talking about representation we also need you know the fuck-ups on the twats <laughs> absolutely I mean um, I've spent my entire brief small career I'm, I'm a transgender person and I always say transgender people we're just like anybody else and a lot of people are dickheads and therefore yeah. some transgender people that you see on television should just be little dickheads and it's quite funny this is a thing like I used to be um I used to be a bouncer one thing you learn and seeing everyone turn up to your club on a Friday night is once, once they've had a drink, everyone's a dick. Doesn't matter who you are, what creed, colour, gender, anything, status. Once you've had seven gins in you, you're an idiot. It's the equaliser. Yeah, you see people turn up to the club and that's the thing. You treat everyone exactly the same. How I treat you depends on you as a character. It doesn't matter how old, young, short, I, I don't care. If you're a nice person, I treat you with niceties and respect. If you're, if you're immoral and you're disrespectful, you're going to get the same thing back from me. And that's the thing. That's, like I said, there's something you, you, that you clearly do really well is when you go, I fucked up, this is how. And then you learn from that. So the next time, so what you should find is that you make different fuck-ups rather than the same fuck-up each time. Perhaps you've provided a toolkit for a lot of people to deal with their own fuck-ups in a healthy way, if you've shown a demonstration of things fucking up. I have, I have. And I, I, that is one of the, some of the main feedback I get, other than um, you are packy scum, uh, is, uh, <laughs> which I don't, you might not be allowed to <laughs> say that on this podcast, uh, but is, um, is that people say, you make me feel better about the fact that we're still learning. Like, I, I think failure, I find failure to be quite noble in that you were willing to try when success wasn't guaranteed. And I think we need a little bit more of that because this like puritanical moral purity, perfectionism, perfect thinness, perfect skin, or like it is literally defined as the enemy of progress for a reason. And I think that's why it is in particular perfection is expected of minorities and women to set us up for failure. Because mm. how can we make progress if we're not even allowed to like to learn? And the greatest way you can learn on a neurological level is just from making a mistake when you make a mistake and you register it and you accept it yeah. that's when you learn never to do it again if you just if you never make mistakes or you just brush off everything as soon as it goes wrong which is what we see with a lot of white male politicians then you never learn from it and you keep making that same mistake again and again and that that is what i think is dangerous absolutely absolutely yeah. well given the nature of this podcast it's our job to give you some transplanation for your question would it be okay. all right with you if the explanation that we gave you was let's all fuck up as much as we possibly can in front of each other yeah say sorry in a nice way for it the thing is here it's sort of a piero the clown situation jamila because you're gonna be the one to save us all with your incredible 
your uh, examples that you give, but it's like that whole thing of Piero the clown. You know, the guy goes to the doctor and he says, I'm really sad. And the doctor says, go see this amazing clown. And he starts to cry and he says, I am that yeah. clown. You're that, Jamila. Sorry, mate. So you're going to have to do it. <laughs> so it's we've, we've explained it for you, but it hasn't helped your situation at all. You're sort of leading the way. Is that all right as an explanation for your first big question? Uh, it's completely, it completely works as it completely works as an explanation. Thank you. It's not very comforting, but it is an explanation, and that is life. No, 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 no. I feel worse than I did before. <laughs> no, and that's I'm what joking. this podcast <laughs> is all about. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What I suggest would be a good idea now is to move on to a, a quick fire round of audience questions. Jamila, do you want to help us all uh, answer some very quick audience questions? Yes, I would. I would love to. First one. How do we separate the left and the right? No, the first question <laughs> is from listeners. This is going to be this is going to sound so stupid now after that wonderful chat that we've just had. Jamila, um, <laughs> Edinburgh Stew, I feel embarrassed to ask it, but his question is, what is your favourite bridge? Oh, it's so sweet of you to indulge this question, but you don't have to. I don't. You know what? No, no, I, I don't have a I don't have a favorite bridge. I have a bridge that I remember the most. And that's when I was doing this documentary about porn for the BBC. And sure. I had to look up so many different types of porn. Like I was soaked in porn for about seven months uh, in like investigating it. And then you just got too so close. much fucked up shit. You got too close. Yeah, I got so I got so much fucked up shit that I was like, if anyone ever found my laptop, like that would just be. It and I just didn't really understand about clearing browsers because it's 2013 and I'm just the worst Asian when it comes to technology. Never got hired by PC World <laughs> in spite of repeatedly trying. Uh, shame to my community. Um, but I threw my laptop off uh, the bridge at Embankment. So there is a, a Mac Pro at the bottom of the river. <laughs> Emmanuel's just gone so running out the door. More, yeah. And Back so maybe, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the bottom of that dirty, dirty river is, uh, is my laptop infused to the brim with um, hardcore uh, and quite scary pornography. How did you get to that decision where you go, There's only, the only thing to do now is throw this off a bridge? I think we see this in my Twitter sometimes, Twitter RIP. I panic and I make rash and impractical decisions under stress. That was a perfect example of that that day. Were you living close to the bridge? Because this is the <laughs> no, thing. No, nowhere I, near. I, li I live in Zone 6, so this would be quite the effort. Yeah, I was an hour away. I was an hour away. I was just determined. 
I was determined to get rid of this fucking laptop. Were there no bridges or bodies of water between where you were living? Not really. Not in London, no. That was the closest river to me. That is amazing. I love that your problem with this is the location of the river that I've chosen. We don't know what the porn was, to be fair. You've got that in your mind, so I understand that that would seem like the moral dilemma. But the bridge for us... Let's leave it alone, otherwise I'll have to throw this laptop and your laptop in the the tent. But it was really, it really darked me out. I also like now understand like uh, how much porn corrupts the brain because while I was uh, watching it, suddenly every single thing you hear and see becomes pornified uh, when you are watching that much porn. So like I'd hear someone running a tap and I was like, what's it called when you, uh, when a woman is squirting? I was immediately, my brain would just think of squirting. You or want to get I would that see tap someone... fixed. You should definitely get yeah. that tap fixed. <laughs> That but everything everything becomes porn like uh, in your brain. So I, I I didn't watch it again for like ten years. I had another podcast episode on porn, and then I had to I was sucked back into the um the deep dark web of it all. But then I uh, this time knew to just delete my internet browser history, <laughs> so my Mac is still safe. Anyway, that was an unexpected answer. Well, Edinburgh Stew, <laughs> it seems like the, the, the best bridge is anyone that you can use to uh, get rid of your darkest darkest yeah. secrets wherever you are in the world. Uh, Callie asks, in the original Toy Story film, Buzz Lightyear genuinely believes he is a space ranger and yet he still plays dead whenever humans are nearby. Is that a plot hole? Why does he do that? That's a good point. Yeah, That is a great point. Does that ruin our childhoods? So I'll tell you the question about Toy Story that has ruined my childhood. Go on. It's not that one. So if you look at the first Toy Story to the last Toy Story... You see Andy from a child growing up into a young man. As is the linear nature of time, continue. And, and he's kept all of his toys yep. throughout that time. Nothing wrong with that. Which means those toys had to lie still and watch that, watch that kid masturbate through his teens <laughs> without moving. Yep. And just think, oh, God, he's doing it again. That has ruined it yep. for me. And now they'll end up in the river yep. at the embankment, <laughs> all of them lying down there, covered in mud. Covered in mud. And they'll never die because that's the rule of the yep. toys. Squashed by Jamil's laptop. <laughs> it goes Woody, <laughs> laptop, buzz. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's like a sandwich of disgrace. Yeah, that, so all, all the things that they would have seen in his room growing up and they've had to lie there and just take it. <laughs> I agree. Yours was the worst. <laughs> so yeah. go on, what were you going to say? <laughs> I had a Buzz Lightyear, and when I got him, I was so excited, but I didn't realise he was the huge. I mean, this is an audio medium, so I'll describe it as a cafetiere. He was the size of a cafetiere, which meant he weren't the same size as all my other toys. So he couldn't be in my little armies, and I hated him, and I wish he'd come to life and fly out the window like he does in the films. <laughs> I didn't want him anymore. I mean, that is a very spoiled <laughs> position as a child, yeah. but I thought he'd be like a little toy, like he could be in the army. He just looked like... a Big did you ever try Disney face dictator? Did you ever try and catch him out? Like I know he can move. <laughs> you go, Toys, I'm just going to get a drink, and then pretend to walk down the stairs, yeah. and then burst back into the room. Well, sometimes he just make a sound. You know, that toys. Something if they if they've got a button that talks, sometimes yeah. they might just buzz like you to the rescue. And you're like, it's like yeah. the film. The film is real. Callie, I mean, we've not really got an explanation for you. Buzz is different from the other toys. Yeah, because some toys are better than others, and they're I'm, special. I'm going plot hole. Plot hole. Yeah. Jamila. Plot hole. 100% plot hole. We're going with plot hole. Finally, one last uh, listener question. Lucy from Brighton. Lucy from Brighton. Would you rather have a monkey butler, an attack panther, or an elephant taxi? Jamila? I think an attack attack panther, because I'm clinically weak. Uh, (laughs) Even after She-Hulk, I was told by a doctor 
yeah, but I'm clinically weak and I have the physical strength of a 90 year old man. Um, so <laughs> I think that's a weird uh, yeah, distinction like for your doctor to make. Shamed by an acupuncturist. Really like, yeah. yeah, it was really <laughs> odd. Um, but yeah, so I think I need an attack panther at all time. Also, I'm just like a complete coward, uh, very Scooby Doo energy. And so I think that feels like the most empowering of the jobs for the animals, but also something that I would desperately need because I am um, just a big old puss. Do you remember your training, your muscle memory from the old She-Hulk training? Do you remember your bits? I do, I do. And I'm very, like, I'm much more agile now. I've got really good balance and I could kick the fucking shit out of anyone, uh, provided they know the exact <laughs> choreography that I learned. Uh, but it made me, like, I sort of forgot that and then I became, like, too brave in Ubers and just sort of being like, oh, I fucking beg you to start something with me. I beg you to fucking like, put this child lock on. Uh, and uh, actually, I would have been... Um, uh, murdered and trafficked so thank god no one was ever tried really, me <laughs> was it really intensive the training that you had to do for that yeah it was and then they ended up having to like cut a lot of the the action in the whole series down uh, for a multitude of reasons but i um i dislocated a bunch of joints and Oof. i fucking like fractured my hand punching someone really hard uh, he was absolutely fine, which is really humiliating. Um, he broke nothing, only I broke something. Uh, so, yeah, it was very intense. It was like five days a week. And I never really exercised in, like, my adult life. So it was a massive shock to my system. And I didn't know that it was an action role. In fact, I'd purposefully avoided Marvel, even though I'm a massive Marvel fan, for years because they kept on coming to me with action roles because I looked like I would be strong and, like, sort of agile. Because I'm, you know, five foot, I'm bigger, I'm bigger than like most actors in Hollywood. I'm five foot ten and a half. And so naturally, I think people have always thought of me for action roles. I always avoided it. And then when the director for this came to me, she was sort of like hounding me to audition for this. She was like, oh, no, this is just like a cameo. It's really chill. There's no action. You'll be in and out in a few weeks. I got there and they were like, psych, you're a supervillain. You're going to be here for six months. You're going to learn jujitsu, kung fu, parkour, how to fight on a wire. And I was absolutely petrified, but I already signed the contract and it turned out to be the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was the most fun I've ever had. I like the most confident, like it's changed the way that I look at my body and it's changed like my gait and I walk like I'm a more confident person, even though I'm still a 90 year old man. Have you continued the training? Because I know that there are a lot no of- No way. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fucking chance. I'm very like on the Channing Tatum uh, pipeline of, he calls himself like Fappy. What does that mean, Jamila? I've never heard that expression. For him, it means fat and happy. Oh, that's quite yeah. sweet. And that is what I would describe myself as. It's like fatter and happier. And so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna exercise if I'm not being like like that. If I'm not if I'm not being paid, because <laughs> uh, I'm old and uh, I it makes me miserable. So I'm happy to go for a stroll. But I'm not going to lift a weight unless someone pays me. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, me neither. Sure. And then he goes and stretches his arms on camera, on cue, <laughs> three, two, one. Yeah. What's that there he there? goes. Look what? at that. Yeah, what? someone call a vet because these swans are sick. What, what is that? <laughs> it's, up, it's just up there. Keeps pointing to cobwebs that are definitely not there. Uh, Jamila, you've been uh, publicly sort of enjoying uh, playing the villain. You described that's quite a fun thing to jump into, obviously. In my own diminished experience, I've been in pantomime for the last five years and I got to be the, the evil witch at last time. And it completely fucked up my personality. I didn't like all the booze. I didn't like it at all. I'll always <laughs> go back to being a fairy. But you quite enjoyed the villain. You quite enjoyed putting all that in there. Yeah. I mean, everyone villainized, not everyone, but a lot of people villainized me anyway, no matter what good I try and do. So it's, like, it's nice to actually just sort of do it and that be the point and for people to love to hate you. 
and to also then get paid to be disliked was really fun um obviously I got loads of people who are amazing and wonderful and kind and supportive to me on the internet but as a woman everything you do gets kind of villainized and demonized after a certain point and so I was like we should have more women as villains like it's kind of crazy that we don't have more women as villains considering that women are generally the villain of almost every story IRL or in the media and so I really enjoyed it I loved being badly behaved I loved like relishing in it and I also think that villains make for like they've got a more interesting backstory and they're not a fucking boring bloody two-shoe. There's a, there's a wonderful essay sort of knocking about. The idea that uh, in a bad economy, you do yeah. sort of start to root for the villain's motives a lot more than you do for the all-American oh, hero. Yeah, you... So they have to go, oh shit, they like the villain. Let's make them purple or give them fucked up teeth or put a skull on yeah. their t-shirt. Otherwise people are going to start rooting for this guy. Sid in Toy Story doesn't do anything wrong in that entire film. He don't know them toys are alive. <laughs> He's done nothing wrong. Oh no, just, quick put a skull on his t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Have you got a little tiny, tiny question? Something that's sort of jiggling away in your brain that you'd like myself and my esteemed colleague, Emmanuel, to answer for you. What's the last thing that happened to you that bothered you in the slightest? And we're going to rewrite history. Well, the last thing that bothered me in the slightest, I can't think of, but I can think of a question that I'd like to know the Great. answer to. Great. Does farting in a relationship ruin love? Jamila, you are obsessed with the comings and goings of your own yeah. backside. I went on a little, a little, uh, what do you call it, a, a rabbit hole on you today. It's all farts and butt plugs. You know what, actually, that's not the first time I've been told. That. You absolutely are obsessed with it. It's probably a healthy thing to be obsessed with. Is that because I said that the only thing I haven't said yes to in the last 10 years, career-wise, is anal? <laughs> this, <laughs> news to me, this is adding to it. I think you told Jimmy Kimmel, didn't you, that uh, you, you'd prefer to hide a butt plug about your person than a small cheese a cheese string or something now that they, they know you, they're going to ask you. No, I didn't say that. No, no, no. I said, yeah, I said that because they always do this fucking stupid shit with women where they ask us what's in our handbag. Yeah. And so uh, now that I know that they actually still do that, I'm going to bring a butt plug or something that's going to be really upsetting on live television. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thankfully, last time I just had a cheese string. But like, what a stupid, inane question. Ridiculous uh, question. So I'm going to I'm going to liven it up and bringing like, I'm going to have a bag full of cock. Uh, I think for the next like for the next Oscars. I th- I think it should be darker than that. Don't have like a, a flashlight. Oh no, worse. Go and get a pot of petroleum jelly, not Vaseline, petroleum jelly. Right. The big okay. pot and a huge cucumber. Okay. Just take that <laughs> because just take that in there. Because those items individually The Poundland still yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Individually <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're fine. Together yeah. All right. that's something different. Right, okay. Yeah. I like that. I like where your head's at. It's like yeah. those spies that have their gun in like yeah. 12 different pieces and, and then, then they go in and put it together yeah. and it's a gun. Right. So things that on their own are, are fine. Put them together. So mm-hmm. get the, the petroleum jelly, the cucumber, an energy drink. I don't know, an elastic band. Just some, some, put all these things together yeah. and then just say them separately. It's, and... tissues, it's tissues and moisturiser together on a bed stand. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, nothing, yeah. there's nothing more upsetting than that sudden combination of two innocuous uh, objects. The, the, this kind of situation has, has actually happened. There was a, a comic that I gave a lift home to once. It was the first time that I'd met him right. as well. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a lift because it, it would have taken him a long time to get home. And he was like, where should I stick my bag? I was like, I'll just stick it in the boot of the car, forgetting that I'd, I'd been shopping and I'd done a few bits. Now, I actually use uh, Vaseline because I had eczema as a kid, so I use Vaseline to moisturize. Of course. So I buy Vaseline in bulk. <laughs> Because I can't be bothered to keep going to the shop. So. Because it'd be embarrassing for you 
being you to carry one tiny vaseline you need to you needed something you've got to walk if you can't walk to carry one around like that yeah what's the you know a lot of men in hollywood they use which is crazy because they've got so much money but this is what they choose to do they um they use those mini pots of Vaseline inside of their shoes. So they have got an extra two or three inches, but oh, it really? looks like they're wearing flat shoes. Yeah, which is a shame because I love a short king. But uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of that going on here. And the reason I found that out once is because one of them was in, in front of me at uh, an airport and the alarm went off at his shoes and he'd forgotten that he'd had his Vaseline tins <laughs> in there. Absolutely everyone had to get out and remove three little mini pots of Vaseline. <laughs> Those slippery footed American yeah. bastards. Oh god. Those little Vaseline guys. I, I said to him, put your stuff in the boot of the car. Mm. And I've opened the boot. And I'm 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 in the I'm in the driver's seat now. I've opened the boot and he said, close the boot. And for about twenty minutes of the journey, he just sat still <laughs> without saying a word. <laughs> and I was just like, Are you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And then I've, I, it clocked on of what he would have, what he would have seen. There was like six tubs of this petroleum jelly. Um, I had a shovel in there, um, rope, and bin liners. Right. Are you joking? No. <laughs> Why the fuck did you have a shovel, exactly. a rope, and bin liners? So I'd your, been doing, I'd, your, I'd been doing some gardening, and I some lent, murdering. You've been doing some murdering. <laughs> so I'd been doing some gardening, yeah. and I then <laughs> so that day I'd lent, um, I'd picked up the because they were heavy duty black bags to put rubble in, and I'd huh. I'd lent my friend my shovel, so I went and got that back, and it was the back of the car. Uh-huh. This is a very feasible story. Things that I've accumulated throughout the day, <laughs> and then just forgot about it and done the show. And then you killed him. Uh, yeah, he's not around anymore. No, no I didn't. <laughs> he, he left the country on his own. Your, your question <laughs> that we've gotten around to, I believe it had something to do with love and farts. Yes. Is that a pro- is that been a problem in your own life? Yeah. James and I don't... No, no, we just don't... Like, I've never done that with any boyfriend or like any partner, actually. I've never, I've never farted in front of anyone that I'm that you like. sexing. And I've got quite a lot of like poo shame. Right. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, okay. I'll be led. <laughs> we can dig into Have that. Have you ever done the thing where you yeah. actually fill up the toilet bowl with paper before you go toilet to stop it making that plop sound, so they in case they can hear you? Oh, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. But normally I can just like I like a camel, like a shit camel. I will uh, just <laughs> hold it in until I'm somewhere <laughs> really far away a uh, in a camel. different sort of oh. <laughs> like a city or something. <laughs> Like a different city, I'll fly somewhere else to go to the toilet. Well, I think farts are, are like jokes. It's about timing and yep. it's about situation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So some places, and the more famous you are, the more people laugh. Some places it's hilarious to fart. Watching my little boy fart my little girl and then heard it back to him is hilarious to watch. It's like a little conversation happening. That's really yeah, sweet. They, they they do it on command and it's hilarious. And I really should stop supporting that because they're going to start to do it in at school and they really should. Yeah. I had one really upsetting fart that I did. Um, it was like a few years ago. It was like I was shooting a scene in The Good Place and it was a really dramatic scene. And uh, they made me run before I had to jump into what would be this sort of time capsule. Sure. And I think I was so stressed at the idea of running that I must have nervously farted while running. Season and then four. I still had to jump. I had to, yeah, it was season three, I think. Season End three. of season three. Yeah, yeah, where we're jumping into kind of like where we're going to go and meet like Maya Rudolph, Jen for the first time. And I thought I was jumping through this door and the door was sort of like a sort of trap door that would lead into just the rest of the set. But it was actually a genuine contained capsule. So I was like, fuck, 
because everyone's jumping in right after me. Uh, and I was like, now I'm just sitting here guiltily alone with my fart <laughs> waiting for like William Jackson Harper and uh, like Manny Jacinto and then like Kristen fucking Bell and Ted fucking Danson to also come in. And I'm there, I'm sitting in it. Will clearly has clocked what's happening because there's only me in there. Uh, and so has Manny, but Manny doesn't know if it's me or Will. And then you see like Kristen and Ted having this incredibly emotional scene where she thinks that Ted's going to save all of us. Michael, his character, is going to save all of us and send us on our own. And they're having such an emotional scene together. And I can see their sort of eyes watering. And I'm like, I don't know if that's acting or if that's <laughs> me. Like, <laughs> and it was one of the most traumatic, genuinely like, traumatic moments of my life, I think. But that's why you're in the bad place. That's why yeah, you were there, exactly. because yeah. of that sort of behaviour, Jamila. Yeah, ex- 100%. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but never in front of, so I've done it in front of my co-stars, but never in front of a lover. Am I right? Am I on the right track? I think it's each to their own, because I know, I know couples that will take a shit while the other one's brushing their teeth. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> that is fucking horrifying. I don't want anyone to see my poo shame because there's times that like I've, I've cried in the toilet from uh, there's the one you that... two have way more emotional bowel movements than I yeah. have ever. This is there's a lot of emotion here. Do you shame others? Do you shame others? I shame others. What when they fart or something? No, no. If they if they're like for example, I did, I think I did this to James when we were first dating. It's like he was going to the loo and it'd been a while, and I was just like I texted him uh, just a meme that said Jesus knows what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've really, I started this podcast in like such a like a serious political way and we've really gone off the rails, haven't we? We've gone through the whole spectrum. I think an answer to your yeah. question really is that it's okay if, I guess, if the Lord is involved, if Jesus is I, there, if the, yeah, then it's fine. It's okay. Fine. I'm Don't just going to say as long as you pray. Love is love. Love is love. Okay. You, Sounds, you fart your is... little guts out. I've learned nothing on this podcast. <laughs> fart, fart away. Do you know what? When you finish this, go into the room. Hold him, fart, and then look in his eyes and say, I love you. No, no, I'll never do it. I'll never. I will die first. <laughs> shit camel for life. <laughs> Hashtag. Jimmy, Hashtag thank, shit camel for life. Thank you so much for, for joining us on the Transplaining Podcast. That's the most <laughs> definitive piece of advice anyone's ever given. Fart your little guts out, mate. Just yeah. do yourself. Be yourself. You're so, so sweet. Thank you so much for joining us from across the pond. Uh, Jamila can currently be seen in the comedy series Pitch Perfect Bumper in Berlin on Peacock, as well as She-Hulk, of course, which is available on Disney+. She also hosts a podcast called iWay, which is incredible. Started, you, you know, about iWay, yeah. started as an Instagram account, mm-hmm. became a massive, giant worldwide platform, make people feel better about themselves, which is all about shame and how we deal with it. Is there anything else that you would like to play? This comes out quite soon, Jamila. Is there anything you're up to right now that you'd like us to talk about? No, 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 no. I'm, um, I'm, uh, I'm doing fuck all at the moment. I'm just having a rest. Well done. That's great. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's about time. Yeah, enjoy yourself. You've you've worked bloody hard. Thank you for all that you do for the world. I was being all like obsequious earlier, and it probably sounded sarcastic, but I'm like, I, you're, I think you're bloody brilliant. You're so nice. You really are. Like, you've been a superhero oh, for ages, you. and now you just happen to have moved into that space. You've saved loads of people. I think it's really nice. I'm going to stop being serious now and go back to being an idiot. Thank you. It was very nice to meet you both. You're so, so kind. Uh, Jamila, we're going to say goodbye from myself and my esteemed colleague, Emmanuel. Thank you very much for joining us. Lovely to meet you. Likewise. You be good to yourself and, uh, and thank you. And we shall see you soon. Good luck with everything. Thanks. Bye, everyone. <sighs> right. That was fine. That was, that was. You 
actually, like yeah. for all I was pissing about with you, you saved my ass there because those were huge questions. <laughs> and I was like, I was really panicking that I was going to disappoint her. And then you just pulled eloquence right out of your ass. I, I do that every now and again. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I do that every now and was again. Was I an idiot? Because I no, thought you not... were going to embarrass yourself and you, I, I you didn't. I thought I was going to embarrass That took every part of my soul yeah. to not scream, I loved you at the good place and will you marry me? <laughs> she might have said yes. I think <sighs> you missed the trick there. You were great. Do you think she liked me, though? <laughs> I'm not even being ironic. Do you think she thought I was a bit of an idiot? No, I, just you know what? Like... She's strong to the person that likes everybody until they give her a reason not to. That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. And I didn't give her any reason. You really sold yourself well. That was great. That sounded like I was making a joke. You were great. I, that was that was a lot that was of really fun. Lovely. Emmanuel, I'm going to say some things about you, at you, to you. See, I'm not, there's not much pressure with you. I can be, be that, chilled. Yeah, it's some things. I, I want there to be pressure now. <laughs> Emmanuel, you can find out more about Emmanuel. <laughs> EmmanuelStandup.com. You have your show. Is it your Edinburgh Fringe show running at so Soho Theatre? It's my Fringe show at Soho Theatre from the 9th to the 14th uh, of January. Fantastic. Um, weekend sold out now, but there's tickets still available for the first couple of days. But they are selling, so definitely grab your tickets because it's it's a lot of fun. Do you know what? I've thoroughly enjoyed performing it. And that well, we we spoke a lot over the fringe and there were so many acts that got sort of ten days in and were absolutely hating it. It was so much fun to do for that whole month. Just having that connection, you know that connection when you, you catch the audience and they're crying. Sure. It's unbelievable. Oh. And we got to do that. So it's made me really Appreciate doing the show as well, but really, really enjoyed enjoy performing it. So yes, uh, well, it's the I think the ninth to the fourteenth of Jan. Emancipation. Eman- emancipated. Emancipated. Yeah. My bad. Emancipated from the ninth to the fourteenth of Jan. Uh, it's well worth your time. I, I like Manuel. Thinks very good what he does. Very good, in fact. Annoyingly good. Um, <laughs> you can you can check my show out. I'm oh, I'm doing my. Is it a bird from the thirteenth yeah. to the twenty third of you, December in Soho? Do you know what? I've been watching the progress of that. That's been amazing. Thanks, man. Mad. Internet went a bit mad. Yeah. Sort of done one of them mad in breaking the internet things. I think it's fixed now. Someone fixed the internet. <laughs> they don't care anymore. It broke for a bit. It warped at best. It's not broke. That was a really interesting time to watch as well. Because I thought, remember, we, I, I I called you to speak to you to see how you were doing. After you told me about your sandwich, yeah. After I told you about the sandwich. And I just remember watching the comments and thought, there's so much of this that's completely unnecessary. Yeah. Disagree with someone, fine. Yeah. Don't like something, fine. Kick something in the head, fine. <laughs> I didn't know how far you were going to go. But you don't have to be horrible. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, because you can have a difference of opinion, but you don't have to be, you don't have to attack. And that's the thing where I was like, there's only so many times you could hear that. That's what I thought. Let me give you a call and see if you're okay. You're so, so sweet. And it's obviously an extension of why you've joined me on the podcast, your graciousness. Thank you so much for your time. I've had a really nice time talking to you. You've been really, really sweet. I hope you'll come back again Oh, sometime. definitely. Thank you for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed Not this. at all lovely. Transplaining is an off-script production produced by Ben Backhouse and executive producer Louise Berry. I'm Jordan Gray, Manuel Sanubi. Thanks for coming. I wonder. My man, say something. Not at all. You weren't supposed to do anything. I just wondered what sound you might make. <laughs> is there meant to be a noise?